Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. We have crossed that episode 280 mark, and we are now counting down to episode number 300. When I started this journey with the podcast, I never dreamed I would do more than 50. The whole goal was to do 50 interviews, but I get inspired every time I get to connect with somebody new. And I have interviewed people from solopreneurs to CEOs of big companies to people who have jobs inside companies and are just being intrapreneurial. And I've interviewed a whole bunch of people in between who do all kinds of things and are really excited. And along the way, the goal is, is that you, the people who are listening to this podcast, find a little piece of information that gets you fired up and that you want to go out and do more. And if you listen a lot, you know, one of my sort of personal mantras of late is I am working to make age 50 to 75 the most fun, just the best years of my life. And my 20 year old daughter said, Hey, what about like ages 30 to 50? And I said, well, I was raising you. That was hard. But, uh, you know, I'm really focused on trying to do that. And what I find is so many people who are in my group coaching program or people I just know, they get to somewhere around 50 and they feel they have their ladder against the wrong wall. They've been chasing somebody else's dream. And I know that feeling very well because I did that for 20 plus years. I did exactly what I thought I was supposed to do. My parents said, go get a job that looks like this. And I went into corporate America. And I did that, but I really wasn't doing what I wanted to do. And I got laid off eight years ago and I decided I was going, I didn't really decide. There just wasn't a lot of job opportunities. So I jumped into this whole idea of trying to be a professional speaker. And now I make my living as a professional speaker, master of ceremonies. I do some coaching and consulting. And basically I've created my own path as I try to manipulate my way through what is a crazy world. But now, one year into being 50, I'm now 51, I will say I'm already on track to making 50 to 75 the best years ever. And today's show is going to flip that around a little bit, because today I am interviewing an entrepreneur who is 18 years old. I have a kid older than 18 years old, and I ran into him via social media, and he's listened to the show before, and he released his first book in June. And even before he reached out to me, I went and kind of looked him up online and I thought, God, if I could go back and change one thing, I would have released my first book at 18 years old. Who knew? Of course, the truth is, is the world that Leland Jones lives in at 18 years old is a lot different than the world I did. In 1984, the world was a different place and you couldn't just go and, and create a book. You couldn't self-publish. You couldn't get things done uh, on your own and you didn't have the access to information, and you certainly didn't have the access to all this stuff about being an entrepreneur. That was sort of for people who had to have their own machete, who wanted to carve their own path. Today, it's different. We're exposed to it. I always say that the entrepreneurs of today are the rock stars of yesterday. So he's living in a world where he early on probably has a lot of role models of people who are making their own way. And to some extent, that makes me a little jealous. But uh, anyway, I ran across him. He asked if he could be on the show to talk about his book and what he's trying to do and the causes he's involved in. And one of the things you know is I mentor a lot of people who are in their 20s, and I try to help them not make the mistakes I made about putting that ladder against the wrong wall. And so my answer was, yes, can you do the interview now? 
And so many people go, well, I don't know about right now. How about November? And I like people who say, yes, I will clear my calendar at this exact moment. So we're doing this interview. It's 10 in the morning here where I am in Texas. I have no idea what time it is in Alaska. He may not have even gone to bed yet. Alaska might be so much earlier. I have no idea. But Leland Jones, who is the author of A Journey with Purpose, A Guide to Starting and Succeeding as an Entrepreneur, he started his first business at 17 years old, and apparently he's finding success because now he's 18. Leland, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Right on. Thanks, Tom, for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. What time is it in Alaska? It's currently 7.21 a.m. Oh, okay. I was afraid it was like four in the morning and we were catching you at the <laughs> end of your day. No, so you, not quite. You just woke up and said, I want to be on some guy's podcast right as soon as I get out of bed. That's what I said. That's Let's perfect. Do it. Yeah, well, you know, as long as you have goals, things can happen. So you recently have moved to Alaska. Tell us a little bit about of your background. Sure thing. So I was always raised a military kid, and I, I've traveled around the world. Um, I've moved to nine different states. Uh, I just recently lived in Singapore overseas. And about a month ago, I moved back stateside, and I'm now living in Alaska and doing my own thing here, going to school here and doing what I love to do. So you're just going to be starting college. What are you majoring in? I'm majoring in business management. Imagine that. <laughs> Excellent. But then you also have a business besides your book and, and some speaking that you do. You started a business. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure thing. So I started a company with a group of friends about a little less than a year ago, but it's really taken off. It's called T Quotes. It is a company that is we aim to change the world one shirt at a time. And we do that in an assortment of ways. And I'm sure we'll get into that later. But uh, my t-shirt company, it's it started out as putting motivational quotes on t-shirts. And that changed into the, the demand that people had was that they wanted to just design their own shirts and make their own quotes or put their own designs on t-shirts. So we said, why not? Let's go with the flow. And uh, it turned into a success. And, and the name of the company is T-Quotes? Yes, it is T-Quotes LLC, and you can find it online at www.tquotesonline.com. That's great because I'm actually wearing a shirt right now. Of course, uh, nobody can see it because this is audio, but I'm wearing a shirt right now that says, it's nice, but it's not Versailles. And that is actually a quote from my daughter when she was about 15, 14 years old. We went to the Alhambra in Spain and uh, we toured this Moorish palace where, you know, uh, Isabella had given the money to Christopher Columbus to go and explore. And the kids really don't like when they're 12 and 14. They don't want to go to museums and gardens. But my wife really loves going to these historic places. And so we were in Spain and I told my daughters, I said, under no circumstances will you complain that it's hot or that it's too long. This is the one place mom wants to see in Spain. And so the kids were, they didn't enjoy it necessarily, but they, they went through and we were there like five hours. And as we're leaving, my wife, who didn't know they'd been read the riot act, turned to my oldest daughter and said, so what did you think? And she shrugged her shoulders and said, it's nice, but it's not Versailles. And two years earlier, we had taken them to France and we had spent the day at Versailles. And my first response was I was going to kill her that she said that. And then I started laughing and I thought, you know what? The Alhambra, it is nice, 
but it's not Versailles. And that became like a saying in our family for the next, you know, five years that anytime you go to a restaurant or you try something, if it was just, it was, it was pretty good. It just became, yeah, it's nice, but it's not Versailles. And a couple of years ago, my daughter had shirts printed for everybody in the family that say that. So I actually like the idea that you allow people to sort of create their own shirts with whatever maybe their family saying or an inside joke or some sort of a quote is because I'm wearing that shirt right now. And whenever I wear it, People thought we like bought it at Versailles. They think that's like something that people say, oh yeah, that's nice, but it's not Versailles. So so you're on to something because I'm wearing a customized t-shirt at this exact go. moment. Hey. So that's right. That's awesome. So Leland, what led you? I mean, obviously, you know, you're you're only out of high school, you know, a couple of weeks really. How what led you to really saying, I'm gonna start this up and I want to become an entrepreneur? What was the what was the impetus for that? Sure. So it actually started way before I'm 17. I've, I've always been raised with this giving attitude by my parents and uh, they always raised me to just give back and provide value to others. And so I always, as a kid, was always making things and selling things that people wanted or needed. And, uh, and I always had this entrepreneurial spirit. And then one day I was 17 years old. I was like, I was working a part-time job. I was sitting in the back. I was working at a gym and I thought, man, wouldn't it just be awesome if I just had my own company? Like I love to sell things. I love to be interacting with people. I love the hustle. I love the grind. I love to be out there working one-on-one. I love the mentorship. Every aspect of entrepreneurship just intrigued me and was drawing me in. And so I said, what am I waiting on? And I watched this video from this young entrepreneur. He was just 15 years old. He was giving a great speech. And he said, you miss 100% of the shots you never take. And he, it was a Wayne Gretzky quote that he pulled out in one of his speeches. And I thought, what am I waiting on? What, why am I not taking that shot? What am I, you know, I'm missing these shots that I'm not taking. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start it. So I literally created in that 10 minute time period from watching that video, I created a group chat with four, four of my closest friends, all with different skill sets. One was a web developer. One was an artist. One was a marketer and the other guy was a great operations guy that that was a on the grounds kind of guy and so I said let's start a company they didn't know each other I was their only mutual connection and they were all like we don't know each other but we trust you Glenn so or we trust you and so let's do it and I was like all right let's go to it and then I created some business model and and kind of the business outline business brief uh, in like an hour and I just whipped it all together and it was custom t-shirts. I came up with the name T-Quotes because t-shirts, quotes, mix it. And then I Google searched the name. It didn't exist. So I was like, let's do this thing. So we started right there and, uh, and I would never look back. So, so you started with these motivational quotes on these t-shirts and, and you got into the whole idea of the motivational quotes because you like motivational speakers. You yourself have done some speaking. Let's talk a little bit about how you got into sort of speaking because it's not something that's really common for a teenager. Right. So I, I started motivational speaking by actually through the Boy Scouts about six years ago. Um, and they gave me so many opportunities to go to national level leadership conferences that actually provide the same content you would get at a Fortune 500 company, company's leadership conference. Um, and they were teaching all these skills like communication skills, communicating well, finding your vision, um, finding purpose, value. Um, uh, edge method, all these great things that you would learn way later. Most people learn this stuff way later in their life, 
Well, I was fortunate enough to have these opportunities when I was just 13, 14, 15 years old and actually got to lead some of these conferences with a staff of over 25 people and people coming from seven different countries, Okinawa, Thailand, Japan, uh, I mean, Singapore, all over the world coming to these one locations to learn from me and other and my staff of 24. And then I've also gotten to do some more motivational speaking all around the world in, in Singapore, Okinawa, Tokyo, in the United States. Um, and I thought, you know what, at the end of one of my speeches, wouldn't it be awesome if I could put a motivational quote on something to give out? And so I thought, why not t-shirts? Everybody likes t-shirts. So put a motivational quote for the theme of that speech and give those out at the end of the show. And then I thought, why not turn this into a company? <laughs> and so, um, so that's kind of where the idea also originated from. And, um, and ultimately, it's all about providing value. And that's really what I'm, I'm, I stand for and I'm passionate about. So the more value that I can provide to other people, the more valuable I can become. Well, and I think it's so important that we expose young people to these ideas about, you know, being able to carve your own path to being motivated to setting goals, uh, to following through, to having edu- execution, and to being able to think differently, not just, oh, I, I go to school, I go to college, I get a job, someone gives me a paycheck, yeah. you know, rinse and repeat. And my own kids have participated. I have two daughters. I have a 15-year-old and a 20-year-old, and they've participated for years in a teen leadership program put on by the National Speakers Association. Association. And about mm. 30 years ago, somebody looked around at the National Speakers Association conference and said, how come all the teenagers, the kids of the speakers, how come they're all out in the pool at the resort? And Zig Ziglar and the guys from Chicken Soup for the Soul are sitting over there having coffee. How come we don't get an extra ballroom next year and put all the kids in the room and let all these motivational thought leaders, yeah. I, although I don't think 30 years ago the term thought leader was used, but but why don't we get you know these legends to come and talk to our kids, not about speaking, but about life. And it grew mm-hmm. into this program that's now, I think, 26, 27 years old. That's and, phenomenal. Yeah. And my uh, my oldest daughter went through it for four years and then was a, a leader in the program for four years. And my youngest daughter still has one more year to go uh, as fantastic. a camper. So I just see, you know, they walk away when, when they're exposed to this, you know, just every year they're a little bit more fired up about life and things like that. So I think it's great that the Boy Scouts gave you that that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also, you know, I, that's my main audience is speaking to other students, middle school, high school. I've even gone to speaking at universities and other companies even, but I, I really love to focus on the younger audience because I truly believe they have the most time to make the biggest impact in the world. Yeah. No. Well, plus a bunch of old people. Who's going to listen to an 18 year old? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, uh, so what do you love about this life? of being an entrepreneur. I mean, obviously you're, you're about to become, you know, an an active college student as well, but mixing that together with your entrepreneurial spirit, what do you love about that? Absolutely. I love uh, honestly every aspect of entrepreneurship, whether it's the thrill of failure or learning from that failure and turning that into a success. And then that one time, you know, I tell people one day of success is built upon a thousand days of failure. And, and I love that after those thousand days of failure, you get that one little bit of success and it just means the world and you cherish it. It's like the first dollar you made on your own. It's something you just never forget and you cherish it. It's like, I never want to spend that dollar, you know? And, and it's just, and being able to fall in love with the personal development and turning myself into a better person tomorrow and the next day, every single day. I read a quote the other day. It was, 
if you improved yourself 1% every single day in one year, you would be 365% better. <laughs> and so I love that quote because that's really what entrepreneurship is. If you think about it, it's how, how can I, how can I adapt and change and fix myself to be better as an entrepreneur or better as a business person or better as a, an author or a speaker or whatever it is. Um, and that challenge every single day is what keeps me going. And the ability to learn more every single day, earn more every single day and give back more every single day is something that just drives me and wakes me up in the morning and, and truly is what I I believe is, is my, my purpose. Well, and you bring up a really interesting point, and that is you can have a whole bunch of failures, but once that day of success pops in, it erases it all pretty quick. I mean, I've, I've oh, yeah. seen that in my business. I mean, it's when I, when I started full-time as a speaker, you know, it took me three years to start earning anything close to what I earned in corporate America, and right. that was a really big struggle, and we ran through a lot of money. And then all of a sudden, when I started earning you know, a little more money than we needed, all of a sudden, it was like, yay, look at that. We're running cash flow positive, and you know, it took another three years to pay off the debt, but it still was like, you know, it's as long as I was running a dollar in the positive, it was yeah. somehow erased all those years that I was hemorrhaging cash. Totally feel that. That's awesome. So That's what exactly. So what advice do you have for people who want to go do their own thing? So let's look at this from two sides. First of all, what advice do you have for other teens who might be like, wait a minute, I don't want to wait till I'm 50 and say my ladder's against the wrong wall. I need to start now. And then the second half is what advice do you have for maybe some some of us more seasoned, maybe slightly gray uh, in the hair type people who maybe did put the ladder against the wrong wall? What advice would you have for both of those groups? Sure. So I have one thing that I've found in common that I actually encounter a lot with, as you said, the more seasoned entrepreneurs. Um, they, I, one thing I, I hear often is, I wish I started younger. Yeah. I mean, I, I said wish, that, I said that you, at the beginning of the show. Yes. You said that to me this morning before we had this interview. And, uh, and I find that funny because that's probably one of the most common things I encounter um, is people say, I wish I started younger. I'm 18 and I tell people I wish I started younger. And, and uh, <laughs> Yeah, but if you'd started any younger, you would have needed a permission slip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, so the funny thing is, is that for the younger, for the teens, for the people that, that I want to um, inspire are, my best piece of advice is start something. Like if you don't know what you want to do, Start reading books. Start learning, figuring out your purpose. And start I, listening to podcasts like Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Boom. That is exactly what I, that's what, exactly right. You know, develop yourself. Find, like, personal development should become a habit, something that you love to do, and, and really develop yourself and figure out what it is you want to do. Find your purpose in life and chase it with 110% of your effort because it will change your life. And there's no better time to start than starting now because the older you get, the less opportunities you have. And for the more seasoned entrepreneurs, um, my best piece of advice is, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much advice I can give you guys, but <laughs> um, my best piece of advice would be to know at, at this point, if you know your purpose, you should be giving 110% of your effort to it. Um, and, and this goes across the board because if you understand, you know, what, what you love to do and what you're good at, what you can make money doing and what you can do to provide value to the world. If you know what that is, then I don't know what you're wasting your time on. 
And, and there's no better time to start because, I mean, for instance, Colonel Sanders, right? Colonel Sanders, you know, he started in his 60s after failure, after failure, after failure. And it was something as simple as a chicken recipe, but it was something he loved to do and he was good at. He could make money doing it and he ended up changing the world and now we have KFC. So, you know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's for good or bad, but we have it either that's way. True. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it's it's interesting though because you were like, hey, I don't know what, what advice I can give to the older people. One of the things I teach is this whole idea of cross-generational networking. And I, I go into companies and mm-hmm. I teach this and, you know, there's so much money has been spent teaching, you know, corporate America and beyond all about how different the millennials were and how everybody has to change and cater mm-hmm. to the millennials. And I actually disagree. I agree they're different. And I agree that those of you who are younger have grown up with a different world set, both for the good and maybe the bad, but it's different. However, I still think we're more alike than we are different at any age. We're still people. We still have certain things we want to do. So one of the things I teach everybody is if you're under 35, one of the things you have to do is make a real friend every year over the mm-hmm. age of 50 or 55 because you're going to learn so much from them. But the flip side of that is if you're 50 or 55 or older, you have to do the same thing. You have to seek out these people who are 18 or 25 or 30 years old and mm-hmm. really create a friendship with them because there's you can learn from them just as easily as they can learn from you. And then if you're sort of Generation X, if you're in that little generation sandwiched in the middle, you've got to go both ways. You've got to make friends who are older and friends who are younger because when you do that, it just expands who you are as an individual and really Absolutely. allows you – you to grow. So I always laugh when people go, well, I don't know what they can learn from me. I learn a lot. I, I have these two guys who I mentor who are both 27, 28 years old. And right. they always tell me, God, I wouldn't have been able to do the stuff I'm doing in my career without your your sort of perspective. Absolutely. And at the same time, I think I wouldn't have been able to do what I'm doing in my career without their perspective. I learned, you know, right. I might be the guy who buys the beer because I have a little bit more money, <laughs> but I learn just as much from them as they do from me. Sure, absolutely. And one of my greatest mentors, I actually, I met in Singapore and he's much older than I am, but I mean, 21, he's 22. (laughs) No, no, no. I I, actually, I don't know his age. I don't think he'd tell me if I asked, but um, he, uh, you know, I've learned so much about business through him and he was an entrepreneur. He has his own company. And I mean, he's traveled around the world. He's, um, he used to be uh, working as a vice president for Paramount Films. I mean, this guy's done some great things. And, uh, and I learned so much from him. And like you said, that cross generational uh, networking is very important. And uh, I've actually seen that in so many different ways. uh, Through starting a company and, and just learning from the other other generations because they always offer a different perspective, like you said. Well, and I think it's something that both sides have to pay attention to because I think that the older people don't pay any attention or don't feel that they have anything in common with the younger ones. And the younger ones are like, yeah, whatever, you know, we've got our own thing going on. And it's like both sides have to reach out to the middle. Uh, one of these yeah. guys had, who I mentor had a birthday party and he invited me along. Uh, his own parents said, Hey, can we go to your birthday party? They were going bar hopping. He said, no, nah, it's just my friends. And then he invited me. I said, did you tell your parents? You're the same age I am. I could just tell them you invited me. He said, no, but they'll probably see it in the pictures. But, uh, you know, we were there and one of the guys who was there said, who brought their dad? And it was sort of funny, but it was like, you know, he's like, no, that's one of my really good friends. Um, so, you know, if, if, if yeah, you reach I, out you can make it happen, you can make those friendships occur. Yeah. There's also one little note on that is in my book, I'd actually talk about relationships and making connections and I call it the 10, 20, 30, 40 rule. And, and that 10% of the people that you surround yourself with should be people that you mentor and people that look up to you. And the 20% of your, the people that you're surrounded with should be people that can aspire to be like you, that someone that you are a role model for. 
30% should be mentors. These should be the people that, that are in your life that you aspire to be. And these oftentimes tend to be the more experienced or more seasoned entrepreneurs, people that are older than you. And then what I find is that the 40%, these are the people that are your accountability partners, the people that are on your level that keep you on your toes and that you can compete with. And it just so happens that for me, those are people my age. Those are the people in my, in my uh, group that I'm competing with and, and on, in competition with and keep me on my toes. But you have that 30% that are your mentors, the people you aspire to be, the people you want to walk in their shoes one day. And if you keep that 10, 20, 30, 40 rule in mind, it really does change it. changes how your effectiveness in, in what you're doing. Um, and it makes you more productive. Well, and Jim Rohn, the famous motivational speaker, had the great quote that you are the sum of the five people, you know, when it comes to your character and who you are, you're the sum Mm -hmm. of the five people who you spend the most time with on a daily basis. And if you Mm -hmm. really look around and say, you know, whether it's, it's people you mentor, they mentor you, people you aspire to be like, or people who are your peers, if they're people who are ambitious and they want to do good for the world and they want to give back and they want to create goodness everywhere they go, you're going to be that kind of person. If you're hanging around with schlocky people who are, you know, cutting corners and doing things that maybe aren't uh, good for the, yourself or society, it's really easy sure. for you to make those same choices. So I always thought that was was a great quote, was you're the sum of the five people <laughs> you spend the most time with. And you got to look yeah. around sometimes and go, whoa, what am I with them yeah. for? Tim Rohn is such a great speaker. I love, I love a lot of his content. So bef- I have a couple more questions for you, Leland, before I let you go. But first, I have to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. Podfly sets you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. They do all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing really cool people like Leland Jones. Hey, if you want to start a podcast, and I know a lot of you do... Don't get bogged down in how do you do the editing and getting it posted so that it goes to iTunes and to your blog and everything else. Get the experts to help you out. Reach out to Podfly. Just go to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners to cool things entrepreneurs do. And one more thing, if you are interested in being a sponsor of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do, I am looking for a couple of people who want to promote what they have, and I've got some great opportunities. You're going to go, Tom, you're not charging enough money. I will gladly pay you that. So reach out to me at tom at tomsinger.com and find out about the chance to be a sponsor on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So Leland, I call this show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So what's something really cool and exciting that you're doing in your business right now? I have to say, uh, one of the biggest things of my character is giving back to people and providing value to others. So some of the cool things we are doing right now is every 10 shirts you purchase, one shirt is going to be donated. So we do that by donating 10% of all profits to service organizations around the United States. And we have this awesome project coming up. We're calling it the Africa project where every 10 shirts purchased one shirt is donated to, um, to clothe tribes in Africa. And it's something we got in the works. Uh, another thing I'm working on hopefully soon is I'm going to be creating a scholarship for entrepreneurs um, that are Eagle Scouts pursuing entrepreneurship in school. So I'm creating a scholarship for that. Um, some other things I'm working on, I have, I've 
read this in a book. I read uh, Russell Brunson, his book called Dot Com Secrets. Um, he talked about the value ladder. And um, so I'm trying this new technique with my motivational speaking to kind of provide more value and work up that value ladder. So if you want more information on that, go check that out. But some of the things I'm doing, I have a few book signings coming up. I've just been on television yesterday. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of podcasts like this one here. And so those are some things that I'm up to. That, that, that's awesome. So the next question was, how do you give back? But it sounds like you've already started that early on in your, <laughs> in your venture of turning around and giving back. And I actually think that's great. One of the things I call it is compounded generosity. And I'm a real big believer that you don't have to do huge things. You just have to pledge a little bit along the way, whether it's 10% or 2% or, mm. you know, one free shirt for every 10 or like Tom's shoes, one shoe for every pair of shoes. Imagine over time how many pairs of shoes they've actually given away to people who would otherwise be barefoot. And none of the stuff that people have to do are outrageously giant. And a mistake a lot of people make, especially when they're young, is they're like, oh, I'm going to go get rich, and and then I'm going to give to philanthropy. Mm -hmm. And the reality is if you don't exercise that muscle all along, you may not do it. First of all, not everybody's going to get rich. Not everybody's going to have more than they, they need at that level. But what I've done is with my own professional speaking career early on was I pledged just a couple of percentage points every time I'm paid to speak and we make a donation to two funds at two different children's hospitals helping kids who are born with cranial facial abnormalities which we had a kid who had to have some pretty serious surgery when she was born and thankfully she's fantastic now she has no repercussions from that but it was pretty scary 15 years ago and uh, you know we've done that I just got a, a message from one of the two hospitals that it's grown to over $70,000 or, or thereabouts and uh-huh. I, I was like thinking about it and I thought, you know, I've done that in $50 checks, $100 checks, $200 checks. The only thing I've done is I've been consistent. And mm-hmm. so I, I coined the term compounded generosity because if you just always give a little over a mm-hmm. lifetime, I mean, you've got 80 more years ahead of you, you know, or may, maybe more with the, you know, what they're doing. Your age group might live to be 125. God love you. <laughs> But, you know, but if you just do a little bit like you're doing along the way, you'll look back and say, wow. And even if you never make it huge, people look back and say, how did you how did you give so much? Well, it doesn't hurt to give a couple of percents away. Absolutely. I think one of the most important things that my clothing company did early on was we donated to the largest student run philanthropy in the world for cancer research. Uh, It's Thawne based in Pennsylvania. Um, We became the corporate sponsor for them and their event. Um, every single year. And the reason we did that was because exactly the reason why we existed as a company, and that is to change the world one shirt at a time. So slowly we're doing that. And and absolutely, if you exercise that muscle and you continue to, to practice the, the gift of philanthropy um, as you go on, it really just gives you more of a purpose as to why you do what you do. Yeah, well, it's uh, that's wonderful, and it's uh, really inspiring that you've picked up on that so young. So clearly, your parents did something right, and and kudos <laughs> to your parents. You said you grew up in the military. For your mom or your dad, whoever's the one in the service, cheers to them for having done that as well. Hey, Leland, if somebody needs to find out more about you, they're listening, thinking, "I I, I got to read this guy's book. We need him to speak. I need T-shirts." How do they find you? Sure. Most of my content, and you can contact me here, is found on www.multimotivation.com. You can also go to my website for the clothing company. It is www.tquotesonline.com. You can find me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at the Leland Jones, and give me a follow. Reach out to me, and I will definitely get back to you. 
Well, that is awesome. And I really appreciate you reaching out to me. I'm glad, you know, I get so many people who say, can I be on your show? And most of them I look at and they, they just want to be on the show because they want to be on the show. You definitely sure. had this thing that I think that, you know, you were on it for the right reason. You want to help promote the show. And I also like giving people who are 18 years old and doing amazing things. I like to give them that chance because like I said, I'd like to go back and, and start a little bit earlier. So when I looked you up, I'm like, of course I want to have this guy on the show. Let's As long as he's willing to do it right now. So this was great. I know it's still, you probably haven't even had your scrambled eggs yet, but uh, I appreciate you jumping on all the way from Alaska. You might be the first person we've interviewed from Alaska. So that's awesome. Alaska is on my list of places that I want to speak. I've, I've spoken in about 38 states and it's getting to those last 12 that uh, they're usually a little more remote. So it's uh, I'm working on it state by state. So hopefully someday, maybe I'll, maybe I'll cross paths with you in Anchorage when I'm there to give a keynote. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's, it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. And I, uh, I appreciate reaching out to you. That was awesome. Just, Hey, let's do it right now. Why not? Hey, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, that's, I'm, I'm one of these people. It's like, sometimes I just get so blown away because people are like, no, let's do it in November. No, let, I don't even know where I'll, I don't know what state I could be in Alaska in November. I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, Oh, that's awesome. So anyway, I appreciate you being on the show and I appreciate everybody who tuned in and listened. Now is the time to join the Potential Mastermind Project. We are doing some good stuff. And as we come up towards the end of this year, or even if you listen to this later, we're starting the next year. Hey, now is the time. Check out PotentialMastermind.com. This is the place if you need some of that accountability and you don't know where to start, this group, every week we can log on. Not everybody comes every week, but every week you can log on to a call that we do by Zoom. We'll talk about what you're trying to accomplish, what is in your way. And then there's always two or three or five other people on the call who are going to help share their perspective. So it's not just me you know, dictating at you. You get a whole group of people who are thinking about you, trying to see what they can do to help you come up with the ideas that you need to grow your business and take it to the next step. Mentors are so important, and I am a huge believer in peer groups and mastermind groups, and that's why I started the Potential Mastermind Project. Check it out again at PotentialMastermind.com. Hey, we're going to be back in a couple of days with another interview with somebody just as cool as Leland Jones. But in the meantime, I challenge you, go out there, and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.